isolation is the enemy of excellence. And what, how I notice it for me is when I stop reaching out to my inner circle, when I start reaching out to my friends, I have three rules for friends. Do they make me happy? Do they make me better? And are they net givers? And when I start feeling that shame monster or that insecurity, or I start feeling unconfident or start getting into worry and fear, guess what's the first thing I do is I isolate. But now I've got all these tools and systems and people that's to keep me to be the best version of myself. The reason I'm so world-class at what I do is because I work on it so darn hard for myself, but we got to remember the moment we start isolating, that's when the enemy comes in. Hey everybody, John Chisholm here. Welcome to the All the Best podcast. It's my own special blend of motivation and devotion designed to help you find all the best in life. I just believe there's always a way to make your life better. I want to help you get there. Nothing's going to be off limits in this show. We're going to talk to amazing people from all kinds of backgrounds, beliefs, and points of view. We're going to be bringing you insights, advice, and inspiration to guide you into the coolest chapters of your life and maybe help you actually enjoy your time here on planet earth so buckle up kids this is gonna be fun hey everybody john here again with all the best for you i hope that you're having as much fun grabbing these episodes as i am putting them out there for you you know, my goal is that you'll experience the best in life as you listen and grow and connect into the love and energy that flows from all of my great guests. Today is no different. I've just interviewed and made a great new buddy out of Tommy Breedlove down in the Hotlanta area. Tommy is an author, a speaker, and a transformational coach who started the Legendary Life Movement through his new book, Legendary and through his retreats, courses, and his mentoring of men and women who want to overcome negativity and self-sabotage to leave a powerful legacy. A life wasn't always great for Tommy. He tasted the dark side of bullying and abuse growing up, even serving prison time for a violent crime when he was just in his teens. And Tommy shares on this episode two times in his life when he's bottomed out and the miraculous though not immediate transformations that followed them. Tommy went on to tremendous business success and eventually realized that it was all empty for him. And that's when he walked away to work on himself and to transform his own life by living into a new value system. And that's the message that he now shares through the legendary life movement. Tommy says that there's no magic pill to becoming legendary, but that you can reinvent your life as you rewire your brain and choose better things for yourself and discover how to become all that you long to be. Tommy's the real deal, and I know you're going to be as inspired as I was as you meet a truly legendary man, my new best friend, Tommy Breedlove. Tommy Breedlove my new best friend down in Hotlanta. How are you today, bro? John, what an awesome, 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 awesome conversation we've been having. So grateful to be here. Love you, man. All right. First question. What does it feel like to be Tommy Breedlove today? Oh my gosh. 
I, you know, I just did a mood check in. I, I feel amazing today. You know, any day that I get to wake up and my heart is still beating. We, we had thunderstorms earlier and blue skies now and chir birds chirping outside my window. So it's amazing to be alive today, brother. And just grateful to have breath in my lungs and grateful to have a conversation with you, man. It is crazy. So you are full up of gratitude today. I love that. I am, I'm two and a two thirds time through your book, Legendary. I, man, and I just, I feel so legendary after like reading it and soaking in so many affirmations for me, you know, and you know, life is ups and downs anyway, but to feel like, yeah, okay, man, I feel like I've got some of that going. And then other areas, it's like, Oh crap. <laughs> I'm not being very legendary in that way. But so here you are doing the legendary thing, but it really wasn't always like that for you, man. I mean, you're upfront in your book about suffering all kinds of abuse inside and outside the home, you bullied and became a bully yourself. So yeah, wow, man. What was that bottom like, you know, when you needed you, you knew you kind of came to yourself and knew you needed transformation. Yeah. I've had two bottoms in my life and I, I'm not sure God's going to give me a third one. So I've got to get the, <laughs> this, this one, right. <laughs> you never don't know. Him, right. Just don't even tempt him. You never know. And just, just so you know, and thank you for that transparency just a second ago is I've written a book that I aspire to be. And right. I work every single day. Like we were just talking offline that I just went for a walk. That's part of the book is getting out in nature every day. I've written my affirmations, my gratitudes, my intentions for the day. So I work this stuff every day. So I'm right there with you, brother, arm in arm. I'm no guru or sage on the stage, man. So I have to do this to, to keep the train on the tracks and to hopefully make lead myself so that I can lead others. But I'll tell you about the mm -hmm. two bottoms. So yeah, like you said, I grew up good, solid blue collar part of the world. Most of the people where I grew up weren't professionally educated and didn't go to university and I went. And your dad worked on the planes, right? Yeah, he was a Delta mechanic for yeah. years and years and years and years. He kept me in the air then. He did, and, and me. Unfortunately, like you said, both inside and outside the home, uh, significant amount of abuse of every kind of violence. And unfortunately, I was, I was scheduled to be, I had full scholarships to multiple universities and going to be the first person to go to college and was super excited about that at 18. And unfortunately, I became what I hated during that time, started running with the wrong crowd, and I became that of violence and abuse. And, um, you know, on an ill-fated night when I was, I can't remember if I was 17 or 18, it was right there at it, I committed a violent crime. And there I was looking at seven years in prison and thought my mm, life was over. It. That's a big difference from going mm. to either the University of Miami or Georgia or whatever to, to look yeah. at seven years. Mm. Luckily, it was a first offense and uh, they dropped it down to a misdemeanor, but I still was sentenced to two years. So I spent my 19th birthday incarcerated. So that was my first mm. bottom. Mm. And something beautiful happened there is A, it woke me up. I went from thinking I was a wolf to being reminded that I was a lamb. Yeah. But the other thing that happened, you know, being 18 years old in a South Atlanta, <laughs> correctional facility is not, not really i can think of better places to be man especially if you're a lamb <laughs> you know it's not club med let me just put it to you that way and uh, oh, that guys really cool thing a uh, beautiful thing uh, almost divine thing happened is a an african-american 45 year old man decided to cross racial lines mentor me and hold me accountable his name was tony and with his love, guidance, and support, he's called me young blood. He said, young blood, you're not going to become a part of this revolving door system that I've been in my entire life. Cause I was heading mm -hmm. that way. And 
when I got out from his love and guidance, I mean, truly he loved me when I couldn't love myself in all the right ways. I didn't have much male mentorship growing up and to have that in my life at that time was, it was pretty, it was a blessing. And, and with his guidance, when I got out, I went to work for a nuclear waste container factory during the day, putting myself to community college at night. Didn't end up back at the university of Georgia, go dogs. And, yeah, go, uh, dogs. <laughs> go dogs. But in three <laughs> years, I literally went from a cage to Deloitte and Touche and with a lot of hard work, with a lot of mentorship, with a lot of getting people out of my life. And so that was transformation one. And then I'll do this next one really fast. Fast forward to transformation two. I thought that being successful financially, having the corner office, the shiny suit, the fancy car, all the money and title and status and respect would make me happy. And I had all that at 36. So I'd moved through the public accounting, financial consulting, mergers and acquisitions world really well. And I was, on the outside, I looked super, super successful with the suit and the cufflinks and all that good fancy mm-hmm. stuff. And, and you said, hey, this, this dude's going somewhere. And uh, a lot of the people I worked with thought that as well. But I never dealt with those insecurities, those fears, those worries, the not good enoughs that were beat and taught to me as a young puppy. And when the money, mm-hmm. the power, the sta- status didn't light me up, I turned to all of the darkness. I think Wolf of Wall Street and every other white collar cliche you can think of. And I was a part of that and ended up waking up in a ditch in downtown Atlanta. Had no idea how I got there. Half dressed, didn't know where my car was. Probably doing some multi-million dollar audit or deal or M&A something a week before in a boardroom. And I'm looking up the sky and thinking, my God, how did I get here? Wow. Man. Wow. Yeah. And uh, at that moment, my brother, I looked, John, I said, no more. And uh, I'm going to figure out who I am you know, why I feel the way I feel, where I'm going and who's coming with me. And so I went home and I told my wife everything. And I said, this is who you're married to. And I'm, I'm going to go on this self journey of figuring out how to fix it. And then I did, I did. And I started my journey with coaching and mentoring and therapy and reading books and just making me my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health, my full-time job, you know, going from cowardice to courageous, going from arrogance to humility going from never being present to present and going and just believing and loving myself and leading myself for the first time. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. quickly, in three years, what happened when I made me my full-time job, I never planned on leaving that world, the financial consulting, public accounting world. But in three years, I went from junior partner to senior partner to international practice leader to elected to the board of directors, 39. Mm-hmm. Most of the other folks were in their 60s. I was an equity owner. My money doubled. My network went from being all the wrong people to 10x all the right people. My marriage went from crumbling and life support to strong. I went from one of the most hated people in the firm to one of the most beloved. But most importantly is I found peace and presence and courage and confidence, clarity. Mm-hmm and self-respect and that, all that in three years. And here's when the legendary life came in is all of these people came out of the woodworks saying, Hey man, I, they would ask me for coffee or go for a beer or a walk. And I'm like, sure. And I yeah. said, we're going to do some networking and business. And this was entrepreneurs. This was my network, venture capitalists, lawyers, bankers, you know, corporate execs. And they all want to know, Hey man, what'd you do? <laughs> what drug are you taking? Cause you seem a whole lot happier. You work a whole lot. Like I went from working 90 hours a week down to like 35 and I was three times as successful. And they're like, how are you doing? Mm, wow. And that's and, where and it, it's all. It wasn't a re- I'm sorry. It wasn't a religious thing. It was an emotional, spiritual thing. That's right. Right. And mental and mental. And mental. Yeah. And so that's when, you know, they all told me to write a book and 
you've got a gift here and go out and tell your story to the world. And that's where the legendary life movement, that's where the legendary book, and that's where our retreats, our experiences, our masterminds and coaching programs, it all was born from those people saying, you need to go chase this dream and do this. And so mm. that's what I did. And that's, that's where we are now, man. So thank you for letting me share that brother. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean, it, it's interesting to look at some of the greatest influencers in the motivation, self-help, whatever you want to call it, self-empowerment movement. Most of the greatest people had some kind of epiphany. They hit some kind of rock bottom, whether that was Tony Robbins or name somebody. They have that story, you know, where where they were at rock bottom and it was do or die. It was a shift. You know, and, and I'm really here in the space I'm in now because I hit, it wasn't, I didn't find myself in a ditch Thank like goodness. that, but it was, <laughs> I really, I, I found myself in a deep, dark place, man, at 58 years old. And it was like, I don't even know myself anymore. And I had lost, I had transitioned out of a career and didn't even know I was transitioning out, but it was like, it was, it, it was. I was aging out in a way, you know, that I didn't even know till it was done. And man, it was frightening and mm. just didn't know who I was anymore without that thing. And over these seven years, I've had to recreate and I've found myself in this space. It's like there is this cool place where, and you said this a moment ago, you, you made yourself your full-time job. And in some people's minds, well, isn't that like really self-centered? Isn't that something, I mean, you should be focusing on others and not yourself. But what I've found is that transformation has to start right here at home with me. Right. And that's what I'm hearing in your life. And, and you've mentioned Tony, which, you know, I would love to spend a little more time on that, but I want to get to a quote from another one of your mentors in a moment. So don't let me forget. <laughs> I, I want to talk about something that, that I'm kind of living on that Carrie Gayho said to you, that's really transforming me, but how amazing that Tony crossed those cultural racial lines in such a place as prison to nurture and help you, you know, I mean, so much worse could have happened, right? Oh yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. So what, how did, how did he do that with you? Like wh what was his motivation? Had he had a religious experience? Had he had his own enlightenment awakening experience? What made him want to help you? I guess would be the question. I just think over time, you know, I don't actually know the answer to that, what his motivation was. I mean, it was very, it was very altruistic. I mean, there was nothing yeah. he could gain from me. I had nothing. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything financially. I didn't have anything mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I was broken. I was weak. I didn't yeah. love myself, didn't respect myself. And I think at a certain point, no matter, you know, he, he talked about how he was a, a part of the revolving door system, just in and out, in and out, in and out. And I think at a certain point, he had gained so much wisdom and so much guidance. And when, you know, wanting to make the best use of his time is the best way to do it, is mentor and serve. And so I think... He just took it upon himself to be a leader, to, to help someone wow. he saw in need. And maybe he saw some hope in me and maybe he saw something that, you know, maybe I wasn't so hard that there was no coming back. And, yeah. um, through, and I think he just decided to serve. I mean, that, that is pure speculation. Wow. And, you know, we kept in touch for about three or four years afterwards. And then over time, both of us, because of 
you know, hit the, his surroundings and my surroundings, it was probably best for us to part ways, but from a yeah. gratitude, a love appreciation, um, just a, a oh, holy place. I mean, he, yeah. he really, really was the first male role model I ever had in my life. And that is uh, amazing. And he didn't take any nonsense from me either. So I'll <laughs> I guess not. I mean, it's kind of like your Yoda. And when you think of the hero's journey, you know, the Joseph Campbell model, it's like he showed up in your life as a guide, you know, and you needed that. And then the other person is Carrie Gayho. I don't know who Carrie is, but man, I am living on that story you told in the book where he finally said you were whining or bitching and complaining about something. And he said, do you want to live your life or continue to live your story? Dude, whew, the book, the whole thing just came down to that for me. I, I think about that about 47 times a day right now. I still think about it every day as well because I teach it. And you know, the, what I love about this career and this passion, this purpose that I've chosen is I get to talk in the mirror all day. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Hey brother, are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, personal <laughs> accountability, extreme ownership. But it's what I loved about that is, you know, and it hit me like, I mean, like a punch in the face when he said it mm. in all the right ways is, you know, I was telling my, myself a story that wasn't true. And we all have some version of that and it's built in shame. It's built in, you know, all of these influences, these poisonous influences that we have throughout our life. And, and most of them are done unconsciously and not maliciously. Yeah. You know, the right, story that right. was told to you by your parents or a preacher or social media sure, or definitely yeah. our, our poisonous 24-hour news is it's oh built gosh. in fear, shame, not good enough, not strong enough, not something, not this, not that. And I realized, and at that moment, he says, you know, you can start rewiring yourself and tell yourself a new story. And you can rewrite the ending to this wow. story. And it was so transformational and powerful. And I'm like, you know what? And I went and I do it on a regular basis. I'll look in the mirror and fire that old Tommy. I call him Ike. We named him. <laughs> my wife and I named him Ike. Because when he shows up, nothing, nothing at all good is going to happen. And my wife will even go, am I talking to Tommy or Ike? And I'm like, damn it. I'm talking to Ike. <laughs> so what you can do is, you know, whether you're not happy enough or not as successful enough, or you don't feel whatever it is, right? Because we all have, the first thing we all got to know is we're not alone. We all got right. our fears and insecurities and our worries and our demons and our regrets and our stuff that, you know, our deepest, darkest desires. Like, ooh, what if someone knows that? I don't have them. <laughs> But know that that's just a part of us and we can go rewire, we can rewire that with tools. We can start have self-belief, self-confidence, self-love, self-respect so that we can go lead, love and respect others. But we have to fire that old version of us and we have to start telling ourselves a new story and start that rewiring and building those positive muscles, emotional, mental, spiritual muscles. And that's what life's all about is continuous growth and never stop learning and never giving up and, you know, knowing that you're unhappy or not in a good relationship or not as successful or your time's out of control or or your mind is racing all the time there's ways out of that just know you're not alone key is to go look in the mirror that's the problem the solution participate in your own rescue take action and rewrite your story so that that's mm -hmm. thank you carrie for reminding me of that <laughs> absolutely you know that's a concept that we don't all, all we don't always come to our on our own the no. sense that we can rewire you know, it's like the, the neurons that fire together, wire together, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza is famous for teaching and 
there's so much truth to that, that, you know, those grooves in our brain, however you want to think about it, it's like we are, we're reacting unconsciously to every single day, you know, it's, what is it, 60 to 90,000 thoughts per day and 90 percent of it are the same or whatever <laughs> i know right man it's like you know when, when we're like going to bed at night it's like really we're here we're getting in bed again it's like it's time to go to bed or get up and you know do the same routine but we can be different we can rewire and i call my evil twin scott farkas <laughs> Do you, do you remember Scott Farkas? No, but I love it. I love the name Scott Farkas. <laughs> Scott Farkas was the bully in Christmas Story. Oh, remember that, oh, that classic yes. movie? Remember? And he's got that coonskin cap, and his teeth look really gross, and he's so mean to little Ralphie, you know. And then at the end of the movie, you know, Ralphie finally gets pissed off enough to bloody Scott's nose, and. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. <laughs> I've probably seen that movie four million times. Oh, I, I, I can't right. remember Scott's name, nor the little brother's name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Well, so I'm. I'm working on a book, and so I know you took three years to work on Legendary, and it's a passion project. You needed it. It's great for your coaching, but man, I know the pain of writing those chapters. And I know it can be like pulling teeth, but one of my chapters is called Scott Farkas. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's about that bully inside me, man. I mean, you know, the whole bullying thing and, and shame and guilt and unforgiveness. And, and in fact, let's, let's jump to this. I mean, one of the chapters that I love in your book, I think it's number 10 on my Audible app is, is nurturing or developing unconditional love for yourself. Yep. Now, like I, like I referenced a moment ago, you know, in the nice, I mean, I'm Southern to the core, dude. I have grits for brains, let me tell you. And even if you're not a Southern Christian, you, if you're raised in the South, man, you're, you're mostly raised to focus on others, not be selfish, you know, and, and especially if you are a Christian, man, you are just hammered that if you have any thought, I, mean, I think we've rejected that scripture that where Jesus said, you know, to, to love your, this is the greatest commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And man, we just kind of ripped that page out that, especially the little phrase as yourself, why is loving yourself so hard? And why is that an important concept in legendary? Well, it's, because we're not taught it, first of all, and I, you know, not to go down the, the religious train, you know, a lot of Christians, not all Christians, but a lot of Christians are taught original sin, which means you're, you're, you're born flawed, which is yeah, oh, yeah. total depravity. Absolutely. But what we don't realize is we're inundated with constant messaging. This is why it's so hard. A, we're not taught it. And B, think about what goes in our eyes and ears all day, every day, garbage in, garbage out. If you watch 24-hour news or a lot of Prime or Netflix or especially 24-hour news, social media, or hang out with negative people, you're constantly being inundated with fear, shame, guilt, anger, rage, judgment, oh, division. Yeah. And it's just yeah. constant. It's constant. And so our souls can't handle that. So if it enters our eyes and ears and then take the unconscious and it's not malicious teachings of 
certain parents, certain teachers, or, you know, we start believing all of this messaging. So it makes it super, super, super hard to love ourselves. You look at social media and everybody's Instagram fabulous or LinkedIn successful. You look at Facebook and everybody's putting their best self out there. You look at the 24 hour news and they said, you know, Bob voted for this politician. Well, you liked Bob yesterday. Now you got to hate him. It's just yeah. anger, division, fear, envy, jealousy, and it's, and it makes us feel less than in, which is mm. nonsense. And so that's what makes it so difficult. The good news is, is if you start removing that poison and start inputting nutrition, it starts to shift. If you take out negative people in your life and input positive, it starts to shift. And here's the thing too, is we'll never get to unconditional love for ourselves. Uh, you know, they're, that's very, very difficult, but we can get darn close. And the most selfless thing you can do, love your neighbor as you love yourself, is to love yourself first, to mm -hmm. work on yourself first. We've got to change the paradigm. We like to say our friends and family are first for most ambitious driven people. That's a lie. It's your business and career first, because that's where yeah. you get your status, your respect, your admiration. You, you know who you are. Takes one to know one. That's me too. So we put that first and then we put our fr friends and family second and we put ourselves last. Well, we need to shift that paradigm. In order to love others fully, we got to love ourselves. In order to respect others mm -hmm. fully, we got to respect ourselves. And either to mm. lead others fully, we've got to lead ourselves. And so it starts with us. So every day we've got to do the hard work of A, eliminating the negative, but B, doing the work to rewire the self-love, self-respect, self-confidence, self-courage and leading mm. ourselves so that we can lead others. And the number one failure in leadership, that's leadership at home, leadership of ourselves, and leadership in business is awareness. It's self-awareness. Mm. And we've got to work on that. And so you get, you said it earlier and I don't want to get too sciencey, so I'll stay really high level here, but 95% of your actions are like your daily actions are unconscious. Yeah. Right. And we don't want to have that fourth beer. We don't want to watch that sixth hour of Netflix. We don't want to be mad and angry at ourselves. We don't want to be, but we have to unwire that unconscious behavior. Mm -hmm. We do that with affirmations, intentions, gratitude, prayer, meditation, books, podcasts, just like this. You've got to input all the goodness. And what happens is you start rewiring yourself over time. All of a sudden you, you these new habits are formed. And when you're starting to beat yourself up, you catch it and you go to gratitude. Or you, you want mm -hmm. to say something rude to your significant other because that's easy, right? We're much different people outside than we are inside. So let's just that's own true. that. Let's own that. Right. But that moment, like every day for years, I wrote, thank you, Tommy, for showing up in your marriage. And thank you for being a loving, patient, present, graceful husband. Mm -hmm. And what happens mm -hmm. is, is when I want to be nitpicky or a, a little shit, I hope I can say that, or that person, yeah, uh, sure. pause. I pause because I've written it over and over again and it started to rewire my unconscious. Then all of a sudden I just become fully present and listen and, and, and lead with love. And so all of this rewiring, it just takes time. It takes patience. It takes work. It can be done with less than 30 minutes a day. And it's just so important that we lead ourselves. That's why unconditional love. So, cause we don't do it. We don't lift the weights, the proverbial weights to get stronger heart, stronger mind, stronger soul. And we're constantly inundated with negativity. And that's why we're all worried and scared and divided and oh my gosh. ridiculous. And so it, is. it starts with us. You can't lead others until you lead yourself. And you can't, you know, it's, you know, raindrops make oceans and it starts with us.
was amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> I work on this every day because you do, bro. Every day I work on I work on me every day. <laughs> and you know well, what? I, Truth be told, I'm going to be very, very transparent and vulnerable, and I hope within one or two or three days, if I stop my morning routine or I stop my readings or I stop my, my meditations or I'm not, I'm not being intentional about me. It had like the spiral happens fast. You know I mean? It's, it's like, why am I angry? Or why did I say that? Or why did I act out of that integrity? Or, you know, who is this looking in the mirror? It's because I've stopped building the muscles and that enemy, that ego, that, that thing that wants to destroy you comes in fast. Cause you, you know, it wants, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> that enemy wants you to die a slow, painful, alone death. And I have all these tools in my toolbox now. And this is interesting. Your isolation yeah. is the enemy of excellence. And I know for the moment that I started, I, I was taught that by Aaron Walker, by the way, if you give credit where credit's due. And he's up in the Tennessee area, Nashville area. But isolation is the enemy of excellence. And what, how I notice it for me is when I stop reaching out to my inner circle, when I start reaching out to my friends, and my, I have three rules for friends. Do they make me happy? Do they make me better? And are they net givers? And when I start feeling that shame monster or that insecurity, or I start feeling unconfident or start getting into worry and fear, guess what's the first thing I do is I isolate. But now I've got all these tools and systems and people, even my, my wife will go, oh, when's the last time you called Hank, Tommy? Or, or when's the last time you reached out to your coach, Tommy? I'm in the coaching yeah. business. I have a coach. I run yeah. masterminds. I'm in a mastermind. That's to keep me to be the best version of myself because it's so easy for the reason I'm so world-class at what I do is because I work on it so darn hard for myself. I would buy it myself. I do buy it myself and I have to work on this stuff every day, but we got to remember the moment we start isolating is the moment that that's, that's when the enemy comes in. You know, you were talking about ego a while ago. And the, the whole concept of ego for me, for my life was like somebody who was prideful arrogant. And certainly that's, that's a side of it, but ego is a lot more subtle I've found in my research and in trying to deal with my own ego. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's more subtle. It's like, it's a self-protection thing that isolates, right? And it's, it, it's that ego is protecting itself because it knows if you find out the truth, it's going to dissolve because it's not real. And have you, you talked about ego a minute ago. How do you see that? I mean, I, my ego is Satan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, he is, he is my enemy. He scares the crap out of me all the time. And that's his ploy is to keep me scared and afraid of stepping out and, and being adventurous. You know, yes, I know that one job that, to kill you slowly inside and out one job, but it's, the, it's, it's that left it's, it's in the left brain somehow. I mean, it's like it, I don't know. It, it's freaky smart and sneaks up, you know? So, and I know how you're combating. It sounds incredible, you know, with your meditations, with gratitude, prayer, whatever all that looks like for you. When you're working with someone, I mean, you, you work with men who want more in their lives, ambitious men who want more success without sacrificing their families, without sacrificing their spirituality, if they have any yet. How do you work with translating this, your experience, and, and kind of bringing them along in that? 
So the first thing I want to say is I'm really, really excited. Our first women's program retreat in the beautiful North Georgia mountains is July and it's sold out. So the women want this as much as the men do. So super, super excited about that. Girl power. Yeah. I know coming in and this don't send me any hate email because I just won't read it. And I, I like haters. It means I'm doing something right. But for most men, I'll speak for men for a second. For most, especially like I'm not for everybody. My programs aren't for everybody. We want ambitious driven people. You don't have to be successful. A lot of, most of my clients are, but you have to want to be. So we're in the ambitious driven space. We're not in the victim entitlement, apathy, laziness space. We're actually allergic to those things. So for those people, it takes one to know one. I am one. We crave admiration and respect. And we think we get those through status, money, power, which is somewhat true. Look at our Western culture society. That is true, but kept us safe. So we got to know that going in. So what we have to do, whether it's in our, our legendary life retreats or during our experiences, our conferences, our group coach, our masterminds, is we've got to unwire all of these limiting beliefs around admiration. We fear embarrassment. And that's why we isolate. That's why, but what I've noticed about ambitious driven men and women is we crave connection, real connection, not inauthentic Instagram, 24 hour news connection, but real connection, real authenticity. So the first thing we give them is we give them the gift of going second. We talk about what it looked like when I was at the very top of the game and damn near lost it all. And the reasons why we talk about we share wisdom and not advice. We've been there, done that. We've got the scars to prove it. And we give them the gift of going second by letting them know they're not alone in their need to be for, to make more money, their need for status, their desire to be successful. We know they put their businesses first. We know that they think working harder equals happiness. And we know that's BS. We know that most of them are swimming to a horizon. Doesn't matter if they want to make their first hundred thousand, their first million, their first 10 million, that once they get there, the horizon and the has moved. And so they're chasing the ghost of when and more. And when I have this or when I get there, I'll be happy. Well, here's the truth, y'all. Wherever you go, there you are. And I'm a money is important person. I come from the money business and I preach financial freedom and confidence and all that. But if you're an unhappy, unhealthy, in a bad relationship, negative, worried, judgmental, rageful person with a lot of money, it's going to magnify that a thousand. If you are self-confident and courageous and loving and want to make impact, the money will make that magnify 10x. And so we're in the self-leadership space. We know all their limiting beliefs because it takes one to know one. We know they want to do it alone. They don't want to show weakness, but we know they crave connection. So we give them the ecosystem. We give them the community of other ambitious driven people who share their wisdom in business. We, you know, we're half business, half life. So it's business, family, relationships. We all know we have issues in our relationship, but we share wisdom. We're learners and not knowers. We share wisdom and not advice. We give them the gift of going second. We're net givers, you know, and, and the, all of these things we give them an ecosystem and places to go and twice a month and in person four times a year and retreats and all these things. And it built, we're the family that they choose. And so what we give them is a place to come have independent, tough, authentic conversations. If I don't have this figured out in my business, I don't have this figured out with my employee. Why does my kid hate me? 
why do I want to stab my spouse in the eye? Because, you know, these things happen. That's real life. And you can't, you can't have one leg of the stool, i.e. your relationship or your family going to crap and being successful over here. They're going to bleed into each other. And if you're not business or money or successful over here, it's going to bleed into your family. So we take a holistic approach to let them, A, you know, we want to, we just give them an ecosystem, let them know they're not alone. We give them the gift of going second. And once they are courageous enough to walk through the door, they love it. They've been craving it. And they're like, where has this been all my life? But it's so hard to look in the mirror and know, you know, I'm not where I want to be. And we've got guys in our, we've got guys in our program where zero, they just want to be successful. We got guys in our program, six, 700 million. And I am not joking. And they're all just alike. They've all got their fears, insecurities, relationship issues. They want to be more courageous. They want to be more confident. They want to be more loving. They want to stand taller with their head back, shoulders back. So letting people know they're not alone, give them a community and ecosystem, a safe, independent place to have real conversations, guided and facilitated. There's nothing better in life, brother. So you said that a lot of men come to you when they're in crisis, right? They've been kind of sliding for a long time, maybe for years in their marriage, their integrity, right? I'd rather have Band-Aids than bullet holes. You could have called me before the fifth affair, you know? (laughs) Exactly, right? So where do you start? I mean, how do you do triage on somebody who comes to you and it's the the 11th or 12th affair or, (laughs) you know, or they woke up in a ditch? yesterday where where do you start well you start by well we do a really so before they ever even whether it's the mastermind the retreat or one-on-one and i'm doing less and less one-on-one um a whole lot less but no matter where they are is there is a huge interview process not just from me from a member of my team there's a giant questionnaire. So they're going to, they're going to, we're going to know everything about them before we ever start working with them. Cause we don't want people who want to just work here, like want to be just financially successful. We want people who want to be life successful, but in certain situations, depending on what's causing the integrity breach or the non-success or the, you know, the lack of confidence or the relationship blow up or whatever it might be is we got to, we, we draw a line in the sand and move forward. Now, if there's some deep, 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 dark wound in the past, that's where therapy people, that's where therapists come in. So we, we will know it's coaching slash empower, challenging them and empowering them the right place, or do they need to go do some deep work somewhere else? So that's, we look at, but, and usually if they're really broken, we look at doing both at the same time, because we're about moving forward you know, reconquering time, finding purpose, being more successful, mastering your mindset, unconditional love, forgiving. Like we're, we want you to be successful moving forward, but if it's too big in the past, we got to be walking hand in hand with some sort of a doctor or therapist. And I don't want to get too, too down that road, but where you start is we start again by helping them lead, love, respect, and start rebuilding that self-confidence. There is nothing that can't be undone. And I mean nothing. And you're not who you were even one minute ago. You're who you want to be now. And we're going to work towards getting you who, where, who you are, where are you going, and who's coming with you. And by the time you've been through one of our retreats, especially if you remember, like we protect our mastermind, like there's no other, you can't even be in the mastermind without going to a retreat. Or if you're going to sit with me one-on-one, when we're done with our time together, you're going to know who you are, where you're going, who's coming with you. And you're going to have all these tools. 
to be powerful. I'm not talking about to be an, I'm talking about true power, self-love, self-confidence, self-courage, self-respect. That's where we start. Dude, I'm in. If you'll have me. <laughs> come on, brother. Come on, come on. Our, our dream is a million men and a million men, women's lives transformation. That's our dream. And uh, it's a dream. Go. And we're going to do it. We're going to do you it. Go. You go. I believe it, man. I'm there. <laughs> All right. So rapid fire, 15 to 20 second answers. Okay. You guide people to discover a life of significance while building a lasting legacy. What mm -hmm. is your definition? of significance i think waking up every day with your head held high and your shoulders back i think living your core values i think honoring showing up for yourself so that you can show up for others i think it's seeing the good in the world i think it's living presently being present i think it's living with gratitude and i think it's service and i think a life of significance is you love yourself you love others. You're able to receive love. You never stop growing. You never stop learning. And that you use your purpose to make someone, yourself, and others better. That's living a life of significance to me. You said this earlier, and I want to go back to it. The thing we men are most afraid of is humiliation. And another place you said that line between success and humiliation is very thin. Very thin. Very, very thin. We compromise. Not all of us, a lot of us, including yours truly, almost compromised everything, health, relationships, friendships, network, on that pursuit of more, of more money, more power, more status. And what I really, really needed was self-confidence, self-love, self-respect, so that I could have all those things and do great things with those things. You know, what's the fun of having money if you're not going to enjoy it or you're not going to make impact with it? And so... There's a, I, man, let me just be very honest. It's going to sound brutal, but it's true. Every single thing that's external, our respect, our money, our title, our family, our shiny things, our friends, our network, our health, that's all outside of ourselves. Now we can influence our health. We can influence and inspire all those things, but they can be taken away from us in a moment. And if you don't have, if you're not strong inside, you're not confident and courageous inside. You're not clear inside. When one or all of those things are taken away from you, most people will crumble into depression, anxiety, booze, gambling, drugs, alcohol, suicide, you name it. And so all of those things, whether you're doing or not, can be taken away from you in a matter of seconds, even your children, and it's sad to say. But here's the thing. If you work every single day on your heart, mind, soul, and physical muscles, you will run to the fire and not away from the fire. You will be, you will be a structure of steel as opposed to a crumbling when those things, it's not if life happens, it's when, and it's a fine line between the top. You know, if you look down, that's pride. If you look up, that's envy. There's always going to be someone ahead or behind you, but you just got to be strong inside. Know when the fire comes, you will run to it and not away from it. And so that's what I mean by that. All right. You game for a couple more? Yeah, I'm, I'm here, brother. I'm not having <laughs> that much fun, man. I, you know, yeah. again, I get to talk in the mirror all day long. <laughs> you do, you do, you do. Well, you're bringing it for sure. All right, so tell me why one no is worth a thousand yeses. Man, oh man, I could go. I could do a master class on this because the the most important asset that you have is not your money; it's your time. 
And we need to be the masters of our time. We need to own our time. And all of us have the same 24 hours. And so many of us say yes to so many things, whether it's shiny objects or humans or, you know, we need to learn how to say no with grace, with humility and with confidence. And, you know, I say in the book, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, especially if it's a human being, you know, how we only have so much time. And we can't say yes to everything, including in our businesses. We need to stay in our zone of brilliance, which is a whole nother, you know, we can do four episodes on that. Another well. podcast, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing is we've got to learn. We, we're so worried of hurting other people's feelings and they're not even thinking about us. They really aren't. And so to me saying no, is just protecting and defending your fort. It's showing up for yourself first, honoring your time, prioritizing your time, who, where, what, and when you spend your time. And if there's the one thing that you take away from this, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, especially as it relates to your time. There's very few things I do that are not hell yeses. One is, is I brush my teeth. I don't like brushing my teeth. I do it twice a day. There's certain things, I, there, but it's, it's to protect my heart, mind, soul, and body and to keep me as here as long as I can be. And so when it comes to no is about prioritizing you, your time, and the most important things in your life. Two more. Yeah, let's do it. Be where your feet are. Hardest thing to do is being fully present. A lot of us, including yours truly, are constantly planning, planning, planning out in the future, remembering the past, and we're never where our feet are. And uh, I wrote my intentions today. Thank you, Tommy, for seeing the good, being present, and living with gratitude. The reason I write that intention every day is because it reminds me to see the good, be present, live in gratitude. Wherever you go, there you are, but you want to be wherever you are. If you want to change, if you're in sales, being present is the most important, not thinking about the next wise thing you're going to say, being present with your client, potential client, your member. What about your significant others? What happens if you were present? It's quality, not quantity. A, a lot of us are there, but not there. We're somewhere else, somewhere out in the future. And how important is this? I'm telling you, this will change your life too. If you can concentrate on being where your feet are, being present with your kids, with your significant other, with your friends, with your clients, with your employees, it's about quality and not quantity. It's about being where you are and it will change your life. It's about not looking at the sunset through your damn phone actually looking at the sunset, being present. Mm. It. It's not about being around your children. It's about being present with your children. They know the difference. Your clients know the difference. It's when you're thinking about thinking about the next thing or regretting the past or thinking about the future or planning and all that stuff's important, but being present 80% of the time will change your life. It'll change your happiness. It'll change your relationships. It'll change your business and will ultimately make you more confident and successful. Mm. So good, bro. All right. Ta-da. Last one. You believe that everything happens for a reason. Why do you believe that? And how has this belief worked itself out in your life? I believe that there are no accidents. I believe there is something greater than us. And I don't want to go religious on it, but I am a very, very, very spiritual person. I believe we're all connected. I believe everything is energy. I believe there's 50% darkness and 50% light too. There, you can't have the yin without the yang, right? And so for me, I always ask myself, why is this happening for me and not to me? That takes you out of victim mode. I've had a lot of bad things happen to me. 
I mean, horrific. I've had a lot of bad things that I've done and it's all made me who I am now. It's all made me be a better husband, a better leader, a better mentor, more loving to myself, more present. And if we always look through the lens of why is this happening for me? Because it's not if life happens, it's when. And if you look at an oak and feel that awe, or you almost get in a wreck and then you avoid it and say, thank you. Or you look into a child's eyes and see pure love or a, a horizon or a sunset, that all, that's that, that's that bigger something. That's what makes the acorn the oak. And we're all connected. We're all energy. We're all love, but we all have darkness and light in us. And to know that if you can look through it through the eyes of not being a victim, not being entitled, not being lazy or apathetic, but why is this happening for me? It takes you from a place of victimhood to learnings, from a place of anchoring to a place of, of gratitude. And so for me, you know, I want people to love me for the man I am today, not the man I was yesterday. And I still make mistakes. I still think, say things I regret, but I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly forgiving. I'm constantly cleaning up my side of the street and showing up, doing what I say I'm going to do and honoring my core values. And as long as I continue to do that, you'll be on the right side of karma, the right side of energy, the right side of God. And I promise you things will happen for you. But all of those negative things, things that were out of your control, how can you use that as a floor of goodness and gratitude as opposed to an anchor holding you down? And the choice is ultimately up to you. But I do believe all things happen for, for us and not to us. And if you don't believe that, I'm going to give you a take. Here's some homework. Even over Legendary, which is hard for me to say. I want you to read or listen to Legendary first. But if, if you read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. So good. It'll tell you all that you need to know. So good. Absolutely. Tommy Breedlove, the book is legendary. Your life is legendary. <laughs> Your programs. Man, you're just freaking legendary and you're helping me and so many other people step into that stream. Thank you. I want to acknowledge your work. I want to acknowledge your heart, man, and what you're doing for men and women. Congratulations on that retreat. So amazing. So all the best to you, bro. Thanks for being here. We're going to put all your information in the show notes. So you guys check out Legendary and jump on the Legendary train. Thank you, brother. I'm just so grateful to be here. And here's to all of us looking in the mirror and knowing it's a problem, the solution, taking action and participating in our rescue. Love to you all. Thanks so much. Thanks for hanging out with me today on All the Best. If you like the show, be sure to share it out with your family and friends on your social media and drop me a line at john at johnchism.com. I would love to hear from you. I also want to invite you to jump over to my site right now to sign up for my free 31-day motivational email series. It's designed to help you go for all the best in life. If you're needing some real change, fresh motivation and inspiration, this could be just the thing to get you going. You can find it at johnchism.com and I'll see you next time.